just a bunch of witty banter. Good guy, Papa. What's up, guys? This is Witty Banter, episode number 53. I'm one of your hosts, Chase Williams. To my right, he'd rather play Gwent till 6 a.m. than go to the gym. It's Hunter Dorset. Yep. <laughs> and then to my left, he gets hotter and hotter every day. It's Forrest Collada. <laughs> what a compliment. I feel like I am the third wheel in my old house right now between you two. All of this oh, electrifying man. energy. Everyone's hanging out a lot without me. It's fine. I get it. It's whatever. <laughs> do, you see, do you see his uh, his very hostile oh, yeah, response? Hey, we went to that show together, man. That That's was, that true. That was just us. That was the moment. Yeah, we got rained on together. Hunter, yeah. yeah, dude. Hunter can never take that from us. The only thing that was missing was a wet, sloppy kiss. Uh-huh. <laughs> Forces so much bromance. <laughs> Yeah, you really are a conduit for bromance. <laughs> That's great. Thanks, That's going to be your next intro. He's a conduit for bromance. It's Forrest Collin. <laughs> Hunter, we're not going to ignore the fact that you played Gwent till 6 a.m., though. Oh, I, let's not. You did what? So there's a card game in The Witcher 3 that you can play, completely you separate from the quest. played a mini game. Now, I'll, I'll <laughs> admit, I did a lot of other quests and stuff, too. It was a lot of just exploring undiscovered areas, but I probably put in at least three hours toward Gwent last night. Did you make a lot of money in, in um, game? It's not as much about making money as it is like trying to beat the other thrill people. Of battle, well, you, you know? well, you beat other people, right? So it's like a mind, it's strategy, but you also like win cards from them when you beat them. It's almost like playing for pe- pinks. So like Pokemon. Yeah. Playing for pinks. Yeah. I like that. So yeah. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, like you uh, you'll like get you like if you beat better people, they'll give you badass cards and stuff. And I got like a couple god cards last night. Any so holographics? Uh, uh, I'm still waiting for those Few holographics Japanese to come cards, in. Though, yeah. you know. Japanese holographics. Yeah. You clearly like the game. It's the, really... The Gwent it's, one? You like Gwent? I do because um, there's... I guess just like any other good good card game or good strategy game, uh, there are sort of like, you know, on the surface strategies that you sort of take on, but then you start realizing like the inherent depth that you can take on. Like whenever I, I played one guy and he would just like put like a real huge big guy on the field and it's about like classic you, mistake you win you win the round by having the most power on the field and so he'd have like this huge guy that he put on the field and then he'd just be like all right do what you're gonna do like play the rest of the round out the way you want to so i would waste like four cards just trying to beat him on that round and then he'd have like the upper hand for the rest of the match and i was like wow like i was really wow. smart you know and so the, know. A, the computer ai it grows yeah you know on the uh, on the subject of cards real quick shout out to scott henry who's been trying to buy a blastoise off me for the past couple days he has every <laughs> original pokemon card except a blastoise and i'm not giving it to him hey scott i got a blastoise hit me up uh, Boom! What kind of deal? <laughs> Forrest mm-hmm. isn't happy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want him to have it, man. Like, I, I there's don't. a price for everything, Forrest. <laughs> well, while you were playing in fake pubs all day with fake alcohol, we finally brought weird, real alcohol to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, every episode, we review a beer here on Witty Banter, and today's beer is the Rye Pale Ale from, or it's no, it's called Lake Fire. The beer is Lake Fire Rye Pale Ale from Grapevine Craft Brewery. Uh, this brewery is from Texas, which I didn't know until I was looking at the can, but it's in Grapevine, Texas. Yep. Um, 110% authentic Texas craft beer. Texas craft fucking beer. <laughs> it's 5.5% alcohol by volume. Um, the reason we, I guess, went with this one, so it's a rye pale ale, and I'm just going to go out on a limb here. So the only guessing I can have towards the flavor, but... I always hear whenever I hear rye, it's always with like rye whiskey and stuff, and rye whiskeys are always like really spicy and hot to drink. And this is a pale ale, so I thought if it's bringing some of this spice, and it's called Lake Fire, so uh, like a spicy pale ale just sounds like a really interesting combination. It looks like Lake Fire. Like look <laughs> at it. it looks, what does that mean? It looks red. I mean, it's like a burnt orangey kind of. That's an amberish kind of. Maybe it's the t- it might be the table it's, uh, beneath it's it. Yeah. very filtered. You can see through it very well. Um, it smells super malty. It had a very like light head. It didn't foam up a whole lot when we poured it, it looked like. Um, Ooh, that's an interesting taste. Yeah, it, it smells malty. I mean, it's a pale ale, so I guess when I think pale ale, it's just going to be like not a lot of hop flavor. It's more about just being able to drink it than anything. And I think the same is can be said for this one. Like, I think the most the biggest characteristic characteristic of it is it's like malt based. I don't really know what the flavors are of the malt yet. But uh, what do you guys think? No, you're nailing it. It's definitely the malt. It's definitely um, a little spicy too. Right, just a little. 
a little bit. But yeah, I think the malt character again, like it's really hard for people that don't regularly brew beer to be like, well, I get this kind of malt from it because like there's just millions of different kinds of malt from different places. But uh, yeah, I guess that's that rye, whatever, whatever malt gives you the rye. It's very, um, well, rye, very is, present. rye is a grain. Yeah. I mean, but there's probably like a specific type of, I don't know. It's whatever. the R2-400 strain of yeah. the uh, rye malt there. <laughs> yeah, they have we some. put in 35% of that and then 95% <laughs> two-row. So yeah. Those percentages don't add up, so we're going out of business. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is it's pretty good. It's mm-hmm. it's already immediately drinkable. And yeah, it is a little like that the spice kind of comes through at the end for me. It like fills out my mouth as I'm drinking it. I have the opposite. As soon as it hits my tongue, I I, f- I like taste the spice, and as soon as I've swallowed, it's gone. Like there's no spicy aftertaste for me. Hmm. And when you say spice, do you mean like like a little hot? Okay, like, yeah, like, almost a little pepperish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pepper is a good way to describe it. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it. It's um, it is sort of sessionable. It's lighter than I guess I thought whenever I considered what a rye pale ale might be beforehand. Um, I guess for the five point five percent alcohol, the body doesn't really jump out incredibly as far as like the alcohol characteristic. I didn't. I thought it might be a little bit more bitter, being mm-hmm. that it's a pale ale. Um, but no, I, I'm liking it, and it is like a nice, pleasant surprise of a beer. Yeah, it's like a different take on a classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that like a remastered version of a classic? <laughs> remix. Remix version of a classic. I'll stop. This is this word. <laughs> a remix, if you will. Mm. Nice. That's like two in a row. Well, you said something earlier that was pretty I funny, nailed too. it. Yeah, you nailed it in context of a character named Nail. Oh. <laughs> hey, this is called Witty Banner for a reason, mm. guys. Yep, because we are not witty. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the news. This is Witty Banter. Um, first up on the docket is a pretty cool little news story. I'm excited about this one. Spotify recently released a slew of data outlining the most popular genres on the platform worldwide. Before I tell you what they are, I want you guys to take guesses. I can tell you what the most popular one Have is. you seen this article? Mm-hmm. Then shut up. <laughs> so it's it's just like most plays via genre? Yeah. I'm going to say countries first. Okay. I'm going to say rap second. Okay. And I'll say... I'll say like alternative rock is like third. All right. What about and, the obvious choice of pop? Oh, oh, oh. I guess you're right. I guess... Because there's we, like country pop... Because because th- th- this is the thing. Pop is sort of just a catch-all. Like... You can have pop venture into other genres because pop is literally just whatever is popular, but, I feel like. But there's yeah. also pop pop like Katy Perry and stuff like that, so that's its own kind of category. Yeah, but I almost think of those as more like anthem rock, like in a way, as, at the same time. Like, I, I feel you. It's just... Anthem I've always, rock? I've always... Like like Lady Gaga, kind of. What, you do, you, what do you... That's, that's interesting. It's just I'm like not, these super produced, like over-the-top, like... I don't know... It, I, I've always just thought of pop as literally just a shortened word of what's popular at that point. That's kind of how I've thought about it. But to your point, like that's fair. But there is a there is yeah. a, a genre. Pop kind of made its own genre as well, despite mm-hmm. there being pop versions of other genres. So with that being taken into consideration, you like, redo your. your I, list? I don't want to redo it because I don't, I don't know. But I, I am very interested to hear the number one most listened to genre in the world. This is absurd. This is absurd. heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> Metal holds down a spot, the number one spot in the top ten and usually top five most listed genres in every country That's as awesome. well. Thanks, Scandinavia. And, yeah, thank you, Norway, for making it real black and evil. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, metal also takes the overall global genre loyalty crown, leaving pop to trail behind as a distant second and folk, country, and hip-hop to flounder in the dust. Man, rock is just taking a hit. Yeah, I guess yeah, that so. That hurts the soul, man. <laughs> what did I like that metal's number one. No, no, no. No, I love that metal's number one. That's like a closet discovery for me. But, yeah. I mean, just the fact that, you know, rock or alternative <laughs> or just like, those are the mainstays of what I do. So I thought those would be brought up so at least. it obviously surprised you right in front of our eyes. Sure. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised to read it as well. Uh, so, like, why do we think, why didn't, why didn't we consider metal to be, like, that popular? It's just not surfaced in people's opinions very often. Like it's almost like it's almost like heavy metal is something that people take in an in an intimate setting and they kind of like it's not like a suppressive thing, but they just like you don't there's 
a lot of people that probably like metal that don't just go out and talk about how they like metal so much, you know? I think I think the key part of the question here is why is it among Spotify users specifically that metal is so, so popular? Because I don't buy that metal is the most popular genre of music in the world, most listened to either. Well, they, they list some pretty compelling arguments as to why it might be, uh, and they're just sort of commenting on metal as a culture. And they say that... Um, Metal fans are generational. They're the ones who keep up most with, um, like, whenever you are a metalhead and you have a kid, it's about showing them the, the beginnings, like Judas Priest, and then going up from there, whereas most they say most pop listeners are just about, like, what's new and Recent. shiny, you yeah. know? And they describe metalheads as, like, completionists, where they want to have, like, all of the records from their favorite bands, and they want to have, like, all the shirts. And they, they say that... The, um, as far as genres go, there are more heavy metal magazines and fan magazines still in print now than there are for any other genre. So it just sounds like when once you become a metalhead, you become like a fiercely loyal metal metal person. And it's not about just finding the next newest metal band. It's about having like a a uh, like a a journey through the you know all of everything that's came before mm-hmm. you as well. And I thought that was interesting. I never really thought about it that way. That's true. There's a cult loyalty to to heavy metal music. I don't really consider myself to be a metal fan, but I mean sometimes it creeps into You're some close. of the bands. I mean like that band we saw, Dance Gavin Dance, there's definitely metal elements in their music, but mm-hmm. I'd say like at the end of the day, I wouldn't categorize anything that I listen to as heavy metal. Yeah. I have a very large sneaking suspicion about this. Um I'm gonna say that on average, people that listen to pop and hip hop and country um, suck. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I think that they take music as much more of an entertainment provider, right? Whereas metal is life. Whereas, like, well, yeah, <laughs> metal is something that you're gonna listen to 50 times in one day, right? So it's like these are these are people that really care about the music as opposed to just getting something from it, you know? Where where I feel like you know a, a, a casual pop listener might listen to a song like 10 times a week like a metal guy will like listen to this this one album like over and over and over again for like years so really you're describing there are two kinds of people there are metal people and then everyone else i think that there are people that (laughs) i think that there are people that the consume music for the artistic and for like self-expression reasons and then there are people that do it just for purely entertainment and you know, like mood setter kind mm. of things. But I mean, I would consider myself the first thing you said, but just not metal, a different genre. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not exclusive. But also going back to like the loyalty and you saying that these metalheads typically like get a little more into the music and find like, uh, I guess they like it resonates with them. There, I think there's also just a, a greater sense of like community with metal. Yeah. Because um, you know, metal gets shunned in the like mainstream eye and all that and if you are a huge metal head you're kind of considered like a social deviant in a lot of way and so when you go to these metal concerts you you are then like in a place with all of your other metal heads and it becomes like a big camaraderie thing and right I yeah. think that also drives the loyalty of it all you could say the same thing about like emo kids and stuff like dude when we went to see dance gavin dance uh-huh. I, I remember thinking you and i were like where are these people during the day like you know like who are these people mm-hmm. and i think that that i mean that speaks to why you know the emo genre got so big is because there is that community but it just it was so much more niche than uh metal is i feel like metal actually has like so many subgenres of what metal is do you guys um, think that like metal just speaks to a certain type of emotion in people maybe that like, it's a certain outlet that doesn't get it provides a certain release that people can't find anywhere else besides in metal music as well fair enough but i mean it's just I think that the thing about when I think about metal, I just think about music that's in touch with anger, sort of, mm. or just intensity, or um, intensity. But I mean, I anti-establishment guess anti-establishment, right? A lot of times, yeah. But anti-establishment, I get more of like punkness, yeah. I guess. Um, and and punk and metal, you know, go hand in hand. I think, but okay. but yeah, I just think that it's just like it plays to a certain type of emotion that maybe people are more. When it comes down to like just intimate thought and like I just want to listen to this by myself, it's not like a social gathering kind of thing. Even though it does have this community, it can right. Yeah, it's like it's like yeah, like these are things that I think just inherently, and these people are nailing it. And it's not about like the pop scene. It's not about like all these like doing fun stuff. It's about like I don't know, just more 
self-expressive kind of stuff, I think. If there's a specific emotion that metal connects people to, I just don't have that emotion in my body. Like, I... I don't dislike metal music. I'm just kind of indifferent to it. And when mm-hmm. I hear it, I can respect to like, clearly these guys are like really good. Right. It just doesn't speak to me on any emotional level. And so I've never felt a connection to yeah, it. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. You don't have to feel it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> just because you feel it doesn't mean it's there. I'm sorry. Bringing in the Radiohead lyrics. Sorry. Um, that's my go-to. Hunter, before we move on to yours, this is a piece of news that I have that's really kind of quick, but I just wanted to mention it because I'm like excited about it. Do it to Did it. anybody see John Wick? Yeah. Yeah. I was I mean, with you. Yeah, I mean, it's a dumb quay. I get that. But <laughs> of course, you see John Wick. I did. You saw John Wick? I saw John Wick. Did you did you like John Wick? It was a bad movie that knew it was bad and so it was good. That's what does that mean? It was like I mean, dude, it was like not a good movie, but like it was fine because of that. And like they, they didn't pretend to be anything they weren't. It had great parts. I mean like I mean, there it was, was wonderfully shot and stuff. I just yeah, mean, yeah. like, story-wise, like, it was silly. Okay, right. But, like, no, but if Fair you enough. know that going into it, and the movie knows that, it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, sure. So for that reason, I liked the movie. Well, Lionsgate has officially confirmed plans for John Wick 2, a sequel to the 2014 film, um, directed by David Leach and, Je- and Chad Stahisky. What, Jeez, do they, like, kill Stel- his cat Stel- this Stel- time, Husky? or what? They drown his fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they drown his bit. Both of those guys are coming back for the sequel. Um, anyway, that was there's, witty. there's a quote from uh, the <laughs> a quote from a guy, <laughs> president of Acquies, this guy's stuff. He says, uh, with such tremendous fan support and critical support for John Wick, we knew there was still so much for the story. Uh, we're thrilled that Keanu and everybody else is coming around. We're yeah, we're doing this. Everyone one. else, he killed them all. Yeah, we're gonna have more people to kill, dude. <laughs> I'm excited. I like that movie. I thought, um, I just thought like. They kind of made up a little like a term for it, the genre is like gun fu, and that probably <laughs> existed beforehand with like John Woo films and, and all the that. Matrix, yeah, yeah the, the Matrix. Matrix. But yeah, yeah. like um, I thought that world, though goofy, it, was, it had a very comic book feeling to me. You know, like the uh, Hotel of Assassins and all that, and there's like all these rules, and there's like clearly this society there that you don't really get into, and it's like, well, cool, we get to explore all that in this next one. But yeah, we definitely just kind of scraped the edge. Yeah, I wish it was a prequel. I think that, like one of the biggest things that was so I mean it was like everybody in the movie was like you don't mess with John Wick. It's like it's why? Just Keanu Reeves. Why? Yeah, it's just this guy. Like why? <laughs> you know, I understand he's going to kick your ass whatever, but like why don't you mess with him? Like you're giving me no background as to like what he does, what the he did or man. anything like he could have been an assassin. He could have been a freaking Shaolin monk, and I wouldn't know, you know? I enjoyed seeing Theon Greyjoy in it, Alfie Allen, uh-huh. who is fantastic in Game of Thrones, something you'd know nothing about, Chase. Ooh, but it's true. I he wouldn't. plays Theon the slash Reek, and his performance is just incredible. I didn't think he did that great of a job in John Wick, though. I thought his accent was kind of shitty. Well, he was supposed to be a little shithead. So. He but he's yeah. great. Like, that guy is a great shithead as far as acting goes. what was his accent russian he's russian yeah. yeah he's he's a brit in real life so. right okay yeah but yeah john wick 2 is coming so moving cool. right along hunter what you, you want to bring mine to the table yep so i thought that i would bring this to light considering that uh both forrest and chase have been on their little um health kick and they've Ooh. been you know sort of pre making their meals and being all healthy making me feel shitty by myself <laughs> That's um, really the, the main motivation, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's working. Um, so I got this from time.com, and there's sort of, it's sort of a twofold thing, but we can sort of, I'll, I'll sort of generalize it as I finish up all the, the factoids. So Taco Bell and Pizza Hut are announcing that they are getting rid of artificial flavors, and some of those new uh, artificial flavorless items will be available nationally by the end of 2015. For instance, um, Taco Bell is saying that it's going to get rid of most of its artificial dyes, including yellow number six from its nacho cheese. Classic, man. If there's anything more dangerous, it's number six. Five? Five's okay. Five through one. I used to rail a powdered form of number six. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're not back in that, that place where you once were. Um, they're, also gonna, they're also claiming to make efforts toward getting rid of high fructose corn syrup, unsustainable palm oil, and preservatives. Um, as we know, McDonald's, and also Panera and Subway have publicly stated that they're rethinking their menu items as well. Is Panera ever, like, not pure and clean? It's just, like, I think with Panera, it has the image of, like, super wholesome, wholesome and clean and all it's that. It's a lie? But it's, I mean, it's such a big company, and that when you got a company that big and you're sending lettuce in bags, like, I mean, you same have way, to th- Same thing with Subway. Like 
you know. Well, a Subway, yeah, but Panera, like, but like I always why? felt good I mean, about myself going to Panera. I was like, I yeah. felt good about going to Subway. What? Mm. It's just little. It's just little things. I remember when I was at Hubble and Hudson, we'd have to cut the lettuce like every six hours or so because then it would turn yellow and gross. Uh-huh. And um, I remember like a lady coming up and was like, "You know, this this lettuce looks disgusting." You know, at Subway, it's always green. And I'm like, "Yeah, this becomes it, it comes in a bag and it's dyed." You know, like we cut this a while ago and the wow. moisture's gone, so now it's not as green. The you know? lettuce is dyed. That kills me. Anyway, um, continue. But yeah, and and this is all sort of following Chipotle's. Uh, Oh, efforts yeah. to purge itself in April of its GMOs. Sure. Just an interesting little side point from the article that I read. The FDA officially said that GMO, GMOs are safe for people to consume. Of course they did. Um, which just shows you kind of the spot of the FDA. The other fold of the story is that Taco Bell is also going to be serving alcohol in the U.S. Uh, that's the plan. And Well, they're 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 uh, they're they're trying it in this. Uh, Why it's don't you like, get to the real news first? It's like, that's amazing. It's like some little spot in Chicago where they're like focusing, starting their rebranding efforts. And yeah, they're gonna be they're they're planning on selling like mixed drinks, uh, wines, and wines. like beers. I think. God, okay, give so, me beers. That's fine. So, I understand you're gonna do a sugary margarita. I hope they end up on the dollar menu. I'd like a glass of <laughs> Pinot with my Crunchwrap Supreme. Yeah, which one do you want, the berry one or the, <laughs> the Pinot Grigio? Like, hmm, what's gonna really balance with the ground beef better? The bouquet, just uh, ground beef. Yeah, okay. So that leads me to my question, actually, like. That's fine that they're removing their dyes and stuff, but the real problem with Taco Bell for me is that their meat is like slop. It's yeah, like yeah, it's a great F or it whatever. Like at one point, might have been like the toe of the cow. Yeah, it's that. You got like, a problem with toe? You ever well, tried toe? Yeah, I think I think that they're just it's just a overall rebranding push. They didn't specifically mention anything about the meat, but I mean, really, what I was gonna say is just like, what does this really tell us about? the fast food landscape and where it's going and what, like what is fast food becoming before our very eyes? I think it's a fantastic trend and it's, you know, I think it's brought as one, one does it, the dominoes have to start falling because they start like the spotlight gets put on everyone else. Do you think McDonald's was the one that did it? Uh, I just think it's the public becoming more, I think it's things like documentaries from five years ago and just more information about what we're eating and people, you know, the obesity epidemic that is happening in America, people are starting to care more and research more and realizing that these things are bad for you. And they know that when you go eat fast food, like it's total shit, you know, maybe caloric or, you know, calorie wise and nutrition wise, it might not be like too terribly bad in moderation, but chemically, you know, it might be awful. So whether or not like these changes are going to radically make these fast food places like that much better and more healthy. It sounds like they're headed in the right direction. I just like that this trend is happening because, like, it sounds to me like the market is speaking that like people want this to happen, and now that th- now the companies have to react, and th- the way they're reacting s- sounds like a good thing, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, it seems like they're speaking quickly or they're reacting quickly as well. I mean, I feel like you know I've been in existence for or I've been in existence with, you know, eating McDonald's and all these fast food restaurants my entire life. Yeah. And it's only been in the last seven or eight months that I've heard of any of these, like, huge, like, rebranding efforts from, like, major companies. Like, Subway is the biggest... Subway... It's the biggest franchise Subway, in the world. McDonald's, and uh, Taco Bell, like, that is probably, like, 60% of the fast food landscape, dude. So, that is just a major kind of upheaval of the system, like very quickly, in my opinion. Yeah, and of course, like we don't know how long it took them to get to this point. And it's almost like, you know, when a movie company says like, we're going to make a Western, then another like movie company says like, a Western's going to come out, yeah. so we should do a Western too. <laughs> yeah. They all are sort of like pulling each other in the same way. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's great. It's not going to make me go and like start eating Taco Bell and feel like right. not guilty about it, but what else would you want to hear? Right. You know? Yeah. What do you think for us? No, I feel like Chase pretty much said it. Like it can only be a good thing that they're going to do that. And yeah, I mean like lately personally, I've been trying not to go eat at those places. So, and I, you know, just because they're cleaning up their act a little bit, I'm not going to just like get drawn back into it. But, right. Of course. You know, it's not like I'm never going to eat. Taco yeah. Not personally life, for so. y'all, but <laughs> no, I, with I, I agree shining, with Chase. shining, shimmering abs where the water just, I don't have abs. Just a sidebar. What do y'all, I mean, what does it really tell us when the FDA tells us that genetically modified organisms are okay for 
people to consume. Do we even trust the FDA anymore? I mean, dude, the FDA just sounds like the man behind the curtain, sort of Wizard of Oz type thing with me. And with GMO food, like you think of like Monsanto, the, one of the biggest corporations creating genetically modified organisms. Um, there's like a judge, one of the um, principal justices on the Supreme Court used to work for Monsanto and he ruled f like in their favor a while ago in like a landmark case, you know, like there's clearly money influencing them saying it's okay. But at the same time, like it's kind of tough to say what exactly the effects of GMO stuff is because when you, when I first read about them on paper, it almost, it almost sounds like a good thing where it's like we have this wheat we're going to take this gene from Alaskan fish that helps them not freeze. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put that gene in this wheat so that it can be resilient in cold temperatures and then grow more and get more food out there. And so it's like, what's the big deal? Like, if it's just a gene in there and it's helping us grow food, whatever, you know, what's the big deal? But we don't know if that, like, messing with that might actually be, like, hurting our own biology and all that as well. Right. And, like... Um, there's been several countries like in Africa, especially, and I think maybe even like some, like some Asian countries, countries like Japan or China, I don't remember which ones it were exactly that they refused food aid from the United States because it was genetically modified. So there is like a border, like a line in the sand being drawn politically and like, um, nationally as far as whether or not we countries are okay with accepting GMO foods right. and like since it's what we produce and it's in everything like we want it to be okay so right. you know yeah don't we need it to a certain extent like I I'm not educated at all on like the health end of it but just Me as neither. far as production like if if we were to cut it out right now if it all just stopped wouldn't we like starve <laughs> yeah I don't know like we we it's possible all of our food comes from corn right uh -huh. and you got to think that all this GMO stuff is helping it is it's helping us grow an obscene amount of corn and I think we had a conversation either on a witty banter or just outside of it where we said like what needs to happen for like a big change to be made um, like it, what are the growing pains of saying we need to diversify our shit. We, if we just sit there and we only eat corn, like what happens when something finally comes along that a disease that eats corn, you know? And Matthew McConaughey comes around and he's like, yo, baby, we got to get through that wormhole. He's like, can't grow no more corn. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the FDA, I just think of it as like a lobbyist hole. You know, just I feel like, like that's our fucking country, man. Yeah, but I don't know. I, and and plus, I, I, final note, I just feel like it is hard to identify something that is universally healthy for every per person because I feel like health is a very like individualized notion for for individual people. You know. Yeah, we've been rethinking like the food pyramid and stuff. Yeah, there's been it's an ongoing, I guess, research thing to tell the public what they should be eating. But yeah, I mean, gluten blows your dick off. Gluten blows your dick off. It makes you, <laughs> but it. I feel so fucking amazing. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, last news item. <laughs> around the horn. Wheel it. That's a that's a throwback. Oh yeah. I've done around the horn in a while. You know. Uh, this is a quick little notice. We talk about self-driving cars on here quite often. Virginia has earmarked 70 miles of highway in the northern part of the state, which they're now calling the Virginia Automated Corridors for a project which will be overseen by Virginia Tech Transportation Institute that allows any car slated for testing in the state um, automated cars to use so that they can then be on the roads. So it's like Virginia's opening up these huge stretch of highway for automated cars to test on their, um, on, on their highway, and then once they pass the test to do whatever they need to do, they can just drive in Virginia. Wow. And so, like, I just I just saw this and was like, man, that's just one more news. That's just one more thing getting us closer. And even, but like, at the beginning of this year, in, like, January, you would have asked me how far we were away from automated cars. I would have said pretty far. It seems like it's coming a whole lot quicker than we think. Right. You know? Yeah. I think, I think, I think Google being so interested in it and now Apple, it's just like, how can we, how can we not just, like, go ahead and plow Reach out and, and grab it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah, I think that's I think that's, that's interesting. I mean, do y'all see yourselves driving? Like, can you see yourself in the next ten years buying an automated car? Probably not. It just depends on what like the norm is going to be. Yeah, you know, like what is what is ten years from now? What are the roads going to look like? Because like right now, when I'm thinking, I'm 
when's the next time I'm going to buy a car? It's probably going to be in like five to six years. And if it's going to be like, I don't know. Like if, if, if at that point in time we're all buying automated cars and who knows? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like, to me, it seems like it wouldn't, I guess it does make sense that for the automated car thing to start really catching on, it's going to have to become a standard. It's going to have to be something that like we all sort of buy into because yeah. we can't just have like a slew of like of automated cars, semi-automated cars and autopiloted cars and human drivers. Like it just that doesn't really seem like the most beneficial outcome. It seems like either we start really getting behind this automated car movement because it seems like the the upsides are actually very beneficial, even down to traffic would be great. Oh, man, like the Internet of Things plus automated cars fucking sign me up. I mean, could, me you, could you imagine, like, if that alone wasn't reason enough to buy an automated car, just be like, hey, if everybody buys an automated car, no more traffic, and they'd be like, yeah. Are they know? all electric? All these, these I think that's the effort. But I, I think that they're, they'll have hybrids and stuff as well. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but yeah, that's all the news, man. Cool. That, that was all the news. That was right at 30 minutes. So that's, good. that's how we do it here, man. Right on We're time. professional. Just uh, kidding, because we, we, we upload like bullshit song files all the time. It's, it's not. We're not a wizard arrives precisely when he means to. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll be right back. <laughs> This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com. We are back. That was really impressive, Chase. <laughs> what, the burp? Like on the cue, you know? Oh, yeah. I press the button, you lay one down like that. <laughs> hey, we've been doing that. Like I said before, <laughs> we're professionals, Hunter. Yeah, I believe um, you. My leg. Huh? We've been drinking this <laughs> beer for a little while. Do you guys have any thoughts on it? Yeah. I, I really like it. Yeah. He's got thoughts. What are you thinking, Hunter? I mean, my thoughts are, they're pretty straightforward. It's like, I don't have a whole lot that I'm really like, there's not a whole lot of specific t- hints and notes and flavors and stuff I'm getting. It, it that is that speaks to the beer. It is that rye. It is sort of a simple, straightforward beer. You know, it's it's sort of light and it's like I think it's appropriate for like the summer sort of taste. I mean, it's not like a pilsner or anything. It's not like that light, but it's like light with character, which mm-hmm. is which is refreshing. It's following it's with good. style. Yeah, it's following with style. Wow, buzz. This is fun. There's so many. Wow, you are just on your. The synopsis are firing. <laughs> Forrest, what do you think? You've already burned through a can, man. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, as as he's usual. on lake fire right now. <laughs> so witty today. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as usual, like. I'm pretty non-specific about it, but this one's delicious. It's light, like like Hunter said, and it it has a still manages a rich flavor. Yeah, I mean, it's not hitting you over the head with anything, right? No, not really. It's <laughs> it's subtle but but tasty. I would definitely buy this, drink it again. Where do you think like now that you've been on the show a few times? The first time we had you on, you were like real free, like I don't drink beer, so I'm just gonna say whatever. <laughs> Almost everyone does though. Everyone does so, that. Fair yeah, but like. With the experience you've had on this show, which maybe has made you think about beer other, like where's where are you as a beer drinker now? Uh, it kind of depends. Like I, I do try to test the waters whenever I go somewhere, but um, currently my favorite when it's available is the uh, Live Oak Hef. Okay. Um, okay. Cit- a, citrusy. A little lighter. Yeah. Um, I get it at the uh, Workhorse down the street all oh, the time. Oh, amen, dude. Good workhorse work. is my jam. I didn't know you go to Workhorse. I do occasionally. Yeah, let, us, yeah us. let us know yeah. when you go to Workhorse. We literally are in walking distance. Yeah, that's true. You are. I should. I should. Um, Shambling distance on the way back. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's, uh, that's one of my current favorites. Okay. But with all the other ones that you tried and dipped your feet in the water in, like, do you feel like this one compares in a good way? Like, this is something you could see yourself ordering again or something? Yeah, this is on my this is high on my list of beers that I've had on Witty Banter. Cool. Was it you that said that you had like regularly had sort of like bad experiences with with like the beers that we chose? Like, we chose bad beers. No, no. There was somebody else that was like they'd been out here a few times and they're like, every time I'm here, you choose bad beers. No, might have been Brandon. I always give it like a six or higher on the score chart. I mean, I'm I'm bummed that I missed Banana Bread Beer Day because I love Banana Bread Beer. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to make y'all go through it again, but I just need to go buy some. Giving Chris Carter a boner over here. Yeah, Chris Carter. He, I'll keep the song out of yeah. there. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, it smells to me like the smell. It smells sweet. 
Okay. To me. And I guess that's just the malt, but uh, like it has, I don't want to say caramel. I don't want to say like a flavor. There is a sweetness there. Okay. And I can, I'll try to pin a flavor on it later, but. It's kind of like what Tyson hooked us up with today. Sweet and spicy at the same time. That's true. And salty and chili. And Didn't they make that candy on Jimmy Neutron one time? He like made the perfect candy that had every oh, yeah. flavor. Of course he did. And something went wrong. Like they all got addicted to it. Oh yeah, they were all jonesing for it hard. I think and like like Cindy and all his mm-hmm. all their little friends like attacked him because they wanted more candy. And then he had a brain blast and everything was solved. <laughs> brain Jimmy, blast. Jimmy Neutron was always a show that like I would watch if it was on, but I was never like that into it. I don't yeah. think anyone was ever really yeah, into Jimmy like, Neutron. Yeah. But anyway. it was, yeah, it was like, it was one of those passerbys, like, eh, okay. But yeah, this beer is like, to me, just your standard ale. It's pretty drinkable because it's only 5.5%. And that rye gives it just that enough complexity, enough difference, you know, a little bit of peppery flavor in your in your mouth there so that uh, it, yeah, it's just, it'll stand out in that way. Yeah, you don't feel like it's like lackluster. Sure. Right. Okay, well, we have no mail. Surprise. I don't know if you know this for us, but uh, we got no mail. <laughs> but that's okay because we're prepared for an all-time. I don't know if it's. I'm not going to say fan favorite because, frankly, we probably don't have fans. But I will say <laughs> that it's a cast favorite. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a cast favorite. There you go. Dopey definitions. You guys use like big words. Dopey definitions. definitions. Yay. And I've been waiting a long time to do this, but I'm excited to announce that I'm going to be hosting Dopey Definitions yes. today. We have Forrest here as our moderator, which is going to pit Hunter and Chase against each other. For the first time! Now, Dopey Definitions is pretty simple, guys. He's going to say a word, and Hunter or and myself will have to de- uh, guess the definition. Whoever gets closest gets a point. If none of us gets close, Forrest gets a point. Whoever, whoever's got the most points at the end... You guessed it. They they win. Mm-hmm. All right. All right so. And I guess we're going to Rochambeau for who yeah. goes first, yeah, correct? Yeah, on shoot. Yeah, on oh, shoot. I'm notorious it, at fucking this up. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Is it uh, just one? Just one. So okay. Rochambeau shoot. Okay. Ready? Rochambeau shoot. All right. Son Hunter, of a bitch. So Hunter gets to I'm going to go second. Hunter would like to oh, go second man. despite winning. All right. He wants to get a bigger and we're, database. And we're doing what, five words? I have seven. Um, we can do however many of them you'd like. We have no mail. I so. think seven would be better since we, yeah, we have right. more time. Cool. You guys ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, this is Adobe Definitions. Your first word, Chase, is bothy. Bothy? It is a noun. It's a noun. B-O-T-H-Y. Bothy. Okay. Well, yeah, I thought you were going to come with challenging words, so I'm happy that you're throwing out this the, the meatballs up here. Bothy, like, you know, like dandelions that you pick up and you, you blow them and it scatters the things mm-hmm. to make a wish? It's not the dandelion. But it's like a fuzzy little white ball that comes from probably a tree or something, and it just floats around in a meadow. And you would say, like, my, the fields are alive with bothies today. <laughs> and that's a bothy. That is a bothy. All right. Okay, so, yeah, I was thinking of it as an adjective. And, but it's a but noun. But it's a noun. So, um, so that was I'm your gonna, first mistake. So I'm going to say a bothy. I'm just going to apply the adjective. Um, I'm going to say bothy is sort of like a... Um, large boned uh like a big jolly person like a big fatty we've had we've we've made a lot of words that definition before uh-huh. it sounds like a yeah fatty. what a what a bothy oh i'm a bothy <laughs> <laughs> jiggle my cheeks and call me a bothy <laughs> uh-huh. all right well I'm I'm gonna try and if I can I will stretch the definitions to meet one of y'all halfway. That's but how in it this works. case I'm afraid I've won. Okay. Because okay. neither of y'all are anywhere close. Okay. Damn it. All right. A bothy is a wooden hut or a humble cot, a rude hut or barrack for an unmarried farm servant. Oh. We should know this, man. We've been in medieval times for the past like three days. Yeah, it's where the man. serfs live, basically. I see. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, like that. I was gonna say something about like a bathhouse or something because it sounds like that, but no. If you would have said house, you would have gotten uh, it. Okay. Duke Archibald, uh, send your son to the. Bothy to fetch my servant. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, are you constipated? Are you <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's a point for me. All right, okay, Hunter, okay, go okay, ahead. Okay, your okay. turn. All right, so the second word is... Um, all right, this is a word that... Um, I don't know. It's an interesting word, and I... All right. It's dopey? Let's is it just, a dopey word? It's a dopey word. Let's get into it. All right. It's a, it's a verb, and this is the present participle, which means an ING version, as in jumping. Like a gerund. 
Uh, I, I think it's been a okay, while. Cool. But perhaps, yeah. Great. English. <laughs> All right, so a verb, and the word is degaussing. So degaussing. D-E-G-A-U-S-S-I-N-G. So I assume there is a two degauss infinitive of the verb. Okay. But degaussing. I like that you're throwing out the grammar here. Mm. It's nice. Okay, yeah, it, it helps. So clearly, I mean, if anybody has half a brain, we will, we will have to assume that degaussing is a process where you are um, taking off like a layer of something off the top of it. It's almost as if like, you know, whenever people pour up a beer and the foam gets a little bit high and they take the, the, the knife and they, they, fucking convincing. They, they do it across the top, I would think that that would be a degaussing uh, process. Okay. Okay, well, if you ever played Halo 2, you knew that there was a... Warthog with a Gauss cannon on it. Mm. Okay. So ask yourself, what is the Gauss cannon actually firing? I'm saying that that's such a hint. Come on. Hey, no, this was all going on in my brain. (laughs) The Gauss cannon shoots like these big magnetic or something, these massive cylinders that explode, maybe with like hydraulic force or something, or maybe it's like a rail gun. But I'm going to say to degauss is to like unload your ammunition, your Gauss ammunition. So you're gonna when you're degaussing, you're shooting your gas cannon, you're you're fucking going through your magazine. You degauss your gun because you let it all out in the enemy. Okay. All right. So even though Chase went totally off with it and kind of kind of he kind of like screwed it up, he did say the magic word. So I have to give this one to Chase. Yeah, he did. He said the word magnetic, which Ooh. is which is the key here. Ooh. Okay. Degaussing the process of making a steel ship's hull non-magnetic by producing. An opposing magnetic field. Yeah. So it's so the ship doesn't get actually pulled by the magnetic fields in the Earth. That makes sense. That's exactly what I was going for. I'll let that slide. And there's a the only reason I actually like I was doing a random dictionary entry thing for these words, Uh and this came up, and I was like, hell yes, because um, the band the band Brand New is famous for having really weird song titles cryptic meanings and stuff and one of their songs is called degosser and so fans were always like what does that mean and finally on reddit some dude was just like dude it's like this thing you do to a ship yeah and it came up and i was like yes that's the one of the words for today so <laughs> degosser. i thought i was close too because i was you're taking off a layer of magnetic yeah. yeah i was i was like i was leaning toward hunter when he said like doing something with layers and things i was like oh that's good but then chase said magnetic and i just i had to damn it had to okay it if you say like a magic word like that it kind yeah. of proposes yeah all right. So one one zero. Yep. All right. Uh, word three. Pleonasm. Pleonasm. It's a noun and it's spelled P L E O N A S M. Pleonasm. A pleonasm. Um, so when you have like a petri dish, and it's full of bacteria, and they're all like procreating, they're having one giant big community orgasm, and that's called a pleonasm, <laughs> and that's a pleonasm. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Um, I'm going to say that pleonasm is some sort of like archaic gel-like substance, um, almost like cytoplasm or I don't know, I don't know, whatever. But I, w- I, would think, I would think that like that, uh, that almost like a congregation of like fossils or stuff would have like pleonasm stored within it that was like some sort of, I don't know, weird substance. This sounds like it's straight out of a sci-fi movie. Yeah. So y'all are both going for... Gel sort of things yeah. in this one. You His know? is more orgasm based. Yeah. yeah. All right. Y'all are both wrong. I get this point. Damn it. Uh, pleonasm is the use of more words than are necessary to convey meaning. Oh man. So like an expounding effort. That would an be a great definition. word to know in like academia. Could you use it in uh, context? Um, I, you you would probably just say that um, the that explanation was a was a complete pleonasm of the point. Oh, an over-explanation okay. of the point. Okay. Awesome. Great. I like that word. Sufficient. Great. Pleonasm. Cool. Awesome. All right. Oh, this Two, one, one, zero. This is my... F- okay. We now come to my favorite. Okay. This is great. Hopefully I can nab this one. All right. Um, so the word is... I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce it, but I, I, I imagine it's Avener. Avener. It's a noun, and it's, pronoun- or it's spelled A-V-E-N-E-R. Avener. Avener. I might be like putting the wrong emphasis in there but avener 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 a-v-e-n-e-r so i would think that an avener would be an agent that creates like a path of some sort almost like 
I, avenue. I guess I get avenue. God damn it, dude. Um, follow your line of thought. And so I think cool. almost like a bull, like a bulldozer or a snowplow or something like that, or, or just anything that creates some sort of track where people can follow. I would think that would be an avenue. Okay. So that was like my first instinct. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. So my follow-up, which I think also still holds water, an avenue is just another name. Actually, so same thing. It's someone who's forging a path, but it's not with like a bulldozer or anything. An avenue is a pilot. It's like a scout pilot, like an aviator. So an avenir goes up into the skies. I totally thought of uh, sky stuff, by the way. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So an avenir goes up and scouts the land for, like, let's say, the army to come in later or, you know, whatever else you need scouting for. But an avenir is a scouting pilot. Cool. Okay. Um, I get this point. Damn, Damn it, dude. Right. So I've got three points. Chase has got one. Hunter has none. We're quite dopey right now. Yeah. Avenir, noun. An officer of the king's stables whose duty it was to provide oats for the horses. Okay, this, we're getting medieval, so we got to remember that now. Yeah. We've got Jeez. a lot of medie- medieval yeah. shit in here. Sounds you like should it. absolutely remember that. The Avenir <laughs> probably hangs out in the Bothy. So. Yeah, no, he absolutely <laughs> does. The Bothy is the home of the Avenir, for okay. sure. Jesus, okay. All right, next word. Blush it. Noun. <laughs> and a blush it. B-L-U-S-H-E-T. Blush it. Blush it. I believe you're first. So, a blush it is an accessory used in cleaning, right? Almost like a big old mop where, like, you kind of just get it wet and you're going to go and, like, mop up stables with it. Or maybe you're going to... (laughs) To mop up the bothy. (laughs) To mop up the bothy. Or you're going to use it to, like, clean walls and stuff. The blush it is just like a big collection of like, it could be like rags or linens or just some sort of cleaning utensil that you use to like plunge and, you know, clean. Okay. Interesting. Um, <laughs> Get out of here, you smug <laughs> shit. Hey, I'm the one with zero points, you ass. <laughs> um, so a blush, it, a blush it is, for me, it sounded like something where it is involved with the process of like readying oneself for like an event or something. So I would even think like almost something like a petticoat or even like something used to apply like makeup, you know, like something that helps you get ready. It's good. It's real good. Like yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to prov- I'm going to apply the blush it to be able to like go do the formalized thing. Why do, do you think that? I oh guess because God. I think blush, I hear blush, I hear makeup. So I think and 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 plus like we're in medieval, so I'm thinking like you know, maybe like uh, weird clothing, like old timey clothing or something. I don't know. Okay, give him his fucking point, Forrest. I I don't know if I should give it to him or not. I'm all right uh, for the sake of keeping things interesting. I think Hunter gets this point. Okay. Uh, fair enough. It, I'll it, take it. He's col- he's like on the right track. A blush it is a modest girl. Okay, looking so, good. J- just oh, she's modest. A modest girl. A blush it. She's not Bathycopian. Oh. She may be, but she's at least modest about it. But you, little, were talking about, homely. you were talking about tastefully applying makeup and stuff. And yeah, it was close to girl stuff. And you got you yeah. got on the right idea of a bl- and she would be blushing out of modesty. Okay. So right. yeah, cool. I'll take that. One one three. Boom. Right. You should feed. <laughs> to <right>. find that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Word six is Latinitaster or Latinitaster. What the fuck? Uh, either one doesn't matter. Latinister. Hmm. Lat- yeah, it could be Latin. Latin- Spell it. All right, yeah. L a t i n i t a s t e r. Okay. Latinitaster or Latinitaster. It's a noun. Yeah, I'd say lat- lat- Latinitaster. Latinitaster, but we'll go with that. A Latinitaster. A it's lat- a noun. It's a noun. Okay. The Latinitaster is you. It's, it's, it's a filtering device. And it's used typically in like industrial type setups where there's like an assembly line and then like a bunch of liquid needs to go through the latinitaster and like filter out a bunch of um, minerals or whatever. But not just in the industrial range, it's just any sort of filter um, that gets unwanted things out of what you got, out of your resource. Okay. okay. Draws. Okay. Yeah. Um, my my root word that I'm drawing from is latrine, so I'm gonna say that God dang it, close to like a toilet or like a just like a way that like almost like a, a dump where you can. Was dump there an things. R in this word? No, there was not. Okay, I don't was... know why he's drawing from latrine. I mean, lat. <laughs> no, draw from it. I guess lat is what I got, but I mean, I would just think that it would be some sort of like 
hole or area where you place unwanted things or a shithole. A shithole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. I think this one's going to Forest. All right, again. I get this point, so technically I win the game, but you there do. is one more word. You won so, a while so we'll, ago. we'll do that next word, but first, Lieutenant Taster, one who has but a smattering or light understanding of Latin. See, I didn't want to go with the obvious Latin. I felt like that was a, I knew you wouldn't. a red herring. I knew you wouldn't. That's yeah. just awful. Okay, well, this is the one to decide whether or not we're better than one, one another. Well, yeah. well uh, yeah, I mean, the dealer sort of has an upper hand, so yeah. we, it, this is the I decider will, between us I will us make two. a decision on who has the better definition of this next one, and I might have to stretch it. But, okay. Yeah, All right. Just go okay. for second place. All right. Who's going first? Uh, I went first on this last one, so, so I'm going first. Right. going first. So the word, it's a noun. It is Pentecoster, P-E-N-T-E-C-O-S-T-E-R. Pentecoster. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a second real quick because I gotta think about this. Yeah, I know got the I, etymology running up in your yeah, head. Yeah, I got some sure? I got some roots that I'm thinking about. So I'm I'm thinking that a Pentecoster is somebody that um, that adheres to a certain set of beliefs, um, and it doesn't have to be like I would just think that a Pentecoster was somebody who, um, like knows a certain set of beliefs or religious, you know, values and, ad, uh, you know, adheres to them very strictly and really feels that that is, like, the way. So uh, that would be what my okay. vote of what a Pentecoster is. So I'm, I'm in the same realm here. I know there is, like, a holiday or something called Pentecost. I don't remember exactly what it's all about, but I feel like a Pentecoster would be, like, a vessel used in celebrating Pentecost, maybe like a chalice that you pee in before you sacrifice your goat <laughs> or some, something similar to that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to say like a ritualistic chal- like vessel of some sort. Yeah. All right. Hunter, Hunter gets the point because technically he's closer in that he made it a type of person and also it had like a strict code to it. Yeah, enjoy a, your bullshit victory. A, a Pentecoster is an officer in the Spartan army commanding 50 men. Okay. Pente, five. Ah. Yeah, I was going to say five. I was, I was just going to be like, and by the way, five. <laughs> so it's a commander. Just put that in there. It's nice. basically a Spartan general. Yay, yay. Well, good game, Hunter. Yay. You came out on top. That, that was, was a good. That was a good one, though. I came out on top. That's true. <laughs> you jackass. Those were hard words, though. Those were hard and words. And were more or less themed medievally, except for degosser or degossing. So yeah. I guess I'm going to be up. As far as moderating the dystopia definitions, yeah, is that what is that where the you went the you went going? you went last and then Forrest and I think I think That's I'm up turn, next. Yeah. Cool. Don't start without me. Well, thanks for bringing the uh, words. Yeah, thanks for yeah for that was awesome. Me host it. Okay, well, in case you didn't know, no one emailed in. <laughs> I'll just reiterate that no one sent an email to wittybantershow at gmail Even though you can, you can literally ask us anything. Anything at all. Like, yeah. how much money would it take for you to do gay porn? Or, you, you <laughs> how know, much money would it take for you to do gay porn? We'll, well leave that for the email. Why don't you email? <laughs> he can't do that. <laughs> You're gotta, banned gotta for right now from email. <laughs> <laughs> email a question, just not gay porn affiliated. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess what's next is to put a final uh, number on these beers. Okay. And add them into the ledger of Witty Banter Beardom. Yeah, is it an actual ledger? Yeah. I think we forgot to put the Andy Gator, which is the last one we did. But other than that, it's like every beer we've reviewed is on there. Yeah, I made an Excel spreadsheet of all of the guest ratings, our ratings, where the brewery is. You actually keep up with it? I mean, I made it for the episode 50 show, so relatively. Did you like (laughs) go back and listen to every episode? to? Well, I mean, I I edit all of the shows, so Mm -hmm. I know relatively where all of the ratings are and Uh, where like we talk about the beers, so. He's got like the average on there. It took took about like, I don't know, like two hours. It wasn't a big deal. Sounds like a good way to spend two hours. It was great, yeah. Um, When you're helming this show, (laughs) two hours is, that's that's chump change. We we do it anytime. (laughs) It's true. All right, we need numbers on here. Uh, I'll go first. Okay. This beer is like super simple. Uh, it's like it's a it's exactly what you expect from an ale. I don't I don't find it as when I think pale ale. I honestly think it'll be a little lighter than this. A little not easier to drink as in like this thing is this big behemoth of alcohol or it's super flavorful. But like when I think pale ale, I think like I'm pretty much drinking 
nothing, you mm-hmm. know, but in, in a good way. This one is a little stronger than I would imagine for a pale ale, but it does taste like an ale, you know. Okay. It's got that pretty, the, the biggest thing of it is the malt base, like a sweet malt base to it. And it's got that nice warm rye characteristic that we've been mentioning the whole time uh, following it up. And it smells good. And it's easy to drink, so I'm just gonna give it a. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay, cool. Who do you want to go next? Forrest, you go next. I'm. I'm glad you said seven because that was the exact number that I had in my head for it. I was like, nice. It's it's simple. Group it's, think. <laughs> it's simple and light yet flavorful. Um, it's got an interesting mix of flavors. The sweet and spicy is very nice. I would drink this again. Um, it doesn't have anything weird about it, like the bacon beer that stands out. It's not boring like the Scrimshaw. Yeah. Was the Scrimshaw pale ale? It was a lager, I think. I'm not or a Pilsner. Okay. Who cares? Uh, this Whale is just piss. overall. <laughs> <laughs> it's just overall an enjoyable beer. And um, it, despite, you know, it might not have the extra something that would make it an eight or a nine, like the banana bread beer would for wow. me. You can you can bet. You just, like, what's the deal? You've mentioned it, really it like nine times. Yeah. I wanna, <laughs> you saw it today in the store. I want to drink just, the banana bread you beer. You can literally do that anytime you want. <laughs> I, I can, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to give this one a seven. Okay, cool. Okay, fair enough. Um, I'm going to be a little more generous. I think that this beer, um, it was interesting. I mean, it's, it's getting to the point now where we've been doing this so, show so long that where we have a beer that's interesting and tastes good, um, I really get, I really enjoy it because I've never, I feel like I've never had a beer like this before. Okay. I mean, what do you mean by interesting? Cause like, I feel like we can use that for complex, right? But we can, it's but not complex, right? It's, so. it's more straightforward. It's more simple. It has that. I think it's just the rye characteristic of the malt, and it and it gives it this sort of um, this sort of canvas of flavor that I really haven't been experienced to in beers. And I, I guess considering that they can have that sort of um, it's like a ro- robust malt flavor, but it doesn't come across as like one. It doesn't come across as overwhelming, and it doesn't um, it doesn't like clash with the lightness of the beer. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's nice. Um, the only thing that I would say that I kind of wish it had a little bit more of was either like bitterness through hops or like an alcoholic body behind it. I can imagine this being just like 0.1% thicker and enjoying it. Maybe right here. Well, I'm just saying that would be what would give it like a a really great score for me. It is thicker body. It is pretty thin. But, uh, but, uh, but then, but then again, like that's great for kind of like. You know what the summery feel yeah. that we're that we're kind of going for. So I think that all in all, with what this is given, I don't really have a whole lot of drawbacks, and I'm going to give it an eight. That's I think this is an unheard of precedent. I don't think I've ever been on the show and had Hunter give a beer a higher score than I have. Well, he is the Ebenezer Scrooge of witty banter. No, I'm not. We I, have that's <laughs> not true at all. <laughs> in fact, Chase is. I have statistical evidence for this. I've rated the highest beer. Right? I've given out the highest number. You the highest have the number? highest range, and you have but you have the lowest average. Really? Damn. What was the what was their high score? I gave that black metal farmhouse imperial stout last time a nine point five. And he gave the local one uh, a nine point five as well. But he also gave one a four. You fucking crazy man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he explores the I, scale. I was about to say I explore the scale. Yeah. That's cute. It is cute. <laughs> but yeah, I give it an eight. Okay. I like it. Wow. Uh, so that's Witty Banter, episode number 53. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on iTunes. Just search Witty Banter on iTunes. Hit subscribe. All of our episodes will show up in your download queue for free every week. If you don't have iTunes, that's fine as well. Go to wittybantershow.com and you can download all of our episodes there as well. Keep up, keep up with us on Facebook. We're facebook.com slash wittybanterpodcast. We're also on YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Witty Banter, episode whatever, and you'll see all our smiling faces up there. We're on Twitter. We're at Witty Banter Show. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. And Forrest is at Forrest Collada. Forrest Collada or at Owl Noise. At yeah. Owl Noise. Okay. Speaking of that, we have a lot of. I was uh, about to say, go ahead and you guys jerk each other off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> here, wait, let me get on the table here. Uh, okay, okay, yeah. But me and Forrest have been doing a lot of collaboration, both with like my band. He's helped record my, uh, some stuff with my band. Uh, also, we also just put out just sort of an off-the-cuff piano uh, session, which was really cool. Which was but beautiful. I had I edited out me at the end walking into the room and going, holy fucking shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I almost that, wanted to I keep that in there. I almost left it in there, but that was an incredible <laughs> piece of piano composition. It's called it Levels. Awesome. 
and it's on SoundCloud by Hunter Dorsett. You should definitely check it out for study music or just if you're just looking to chill with some cool atmosphere. For lady music. I appreciate it. Have a lady over. Have a lady. Give her a rose. Yeah. You know that's the only reason I make music. Tell so. her she's Bathycopian. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's Kiss so... Kiss her in the You can find us on SoundCloud. I mean, like, Force has his own SoundCloud. I'm sure... Does Illinois have its own SoundCloud? Yeah, Illinois exists to just repost um, artists that I've produced. So Great. I, you know, eventually, if, if the casual interference stuff ends up on SoundCloud, I'll repost um, Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So we. So both Al Noise and Hunter and Casual Interference. We all have things coming out. So just be on the lookout. It's all quality stuff. So just give give it give it ear out. Cool. That's everything. That's yeah. episode fifty three. That was a good sode. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that, that one too. One. I I like that one. I like. That was a good one. That was that was a good episode. <laughs> Later, guys. Boop <laughs> <laughs>